Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Time for another Friday quick hit episode. Yeah, last week's on strength training seemed to go over well. So thank you for the feedback and uh, kudos on that one. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking about that stuff. So anytime anyone has any sort of questions where I guess like almost gear meets training, I feel like that's that's kind of what I'm the most excited about. Actually, in our in our upcoming book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, I have to admit my favorite section to write was the gear section, uh, which is not about the gear you need. It's about how to organize your gear, which I love. Yes, it does go a little, I don't know if we'll say it's Marie Kondo towards the end there, but uh, it's definitely a good portion of it. It was enjoyable reading, though. I enjoyed reading those chapters that you sort of took over and, and, and ran with. So actually, it's funny. I've been meaning to do an article on this, and I will probably in the next couple of weeks. But uh, even as I was rereading it, uh, going through the book for the last time before we sort of closed the closed the editing process, um, it actually made me uh, pull back and think about where my sticking points were in getting ready to run uh, most days. And I realized uh, where I was charging my headphones and my watch was actually a place that made no sense for my run because it was in our bedroom. So I had to like navigate around our bed and like get over to my nightstand and move the, the dog's crate out of the way and get into the drawer and pull them out. And I'm usually wearing sneakers and so I'm tra- you know traipsing uh, dirt across our white carpets that I geniusly got installed. Um, Puppy-friendly carpets is what we call those. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, I just actually moved my charging station up to where all of my clothes are, so now I can put on my headphones and my watch while I'm getting ready, and it's so much easier, and I'm actually charging my stuff instead of forgetting to. All that to say. (laughs) Yeah, so November 15th on that book release, in any case. Um, But today, today, you know, it's sort of... I think there's certain components of this from the book, you know, the, the concept of planning, the habit of planning. Uh, but we're you're sort of running with this idea of planning for next year. You know, there's certainly a little bit of an oddity with 2021, 20, um, which is a mouthful to say, but sort of this present day with COVID uh, is a little odd planning, right? We don't really know how that's going to be for 2021. I think we're hopeful, but I think similar to how we approached the spring of 2020, we're hopeful and we all like exercising and riding our bikes and running and rock climbing and whatever we like to do. So we're going to continue striving and going through the motions. This is the the overarching message. Here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for some people, it can be really kind of tough to, to strive or to go through the motions when you sort of don't have that. Uh, the external. The external carrot, the point B. It doesn't even have to be an external point B like a race. It can be, you well, know. I think it's like a deadline. I think a lot of people work yeah. on deadlines from, from school, from work, right? Like this is how a lot of we are wired up, right, is these, these hard endpoints that, you know, you can show up. Not everyone can just sort of roll out a, you know, out from the house one day and just do a, a FTP test for no reason, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, you've you've also kind of been hearing from a few different clients who are sort of coming back saying they don't really know when to start training for next season. And I think this is a pretty common thing you get around this time of year. And yeah, uh, to me, fall is like September, October is usually like a where the early birds have always sort of like, 
usually it's when mountain bike season has been done for about a month you know cyclocross you know has confused this as it's becoming more popular in canada um and then fat biking and track and everything else is just thrown further wrench and made it sort of year round but i think you always have this like around the weather getting poor right i think you get that people going inside yeah, and I think this is the time of year where you kind of need that motivation. You need that sort of carrot that you're going for to maybe get you onto the trainer. And I know, you know, for me, the years I've been the fittest in the summer were the times I, I had a training plan to work off of in the winter because, frankly, when the holidays hit and travel for that or any of that kind of stuff happens, uh, it's a lot more challenging to stick to doing any kind of working out if you don't have a training plan or you don't have any kind of schedule and you're just kind of winging it. Yeah, I think it's having rules in place, right? I think you can call them rules or habits, um, you know, just things that make it not not even a consideration, right? I saw this recently, just this idea that like if you're a vegetarian, not saying that anyone should or should not, but you, do, you don't even com- consider anything that has meat in it, right? And it sort of just takes that decision out of it, like unless you're sort of waffling, then it would be painful. But, you know, someone who's been lifelong vegetarian just wouldn't even, they don't have a problem not ordering, you know, fish sticks or, or, or burgers, right? So sometimes these rules, that's a, a really obvious example, maybe a real, I don't know if it's black and white, but it's, you know, an obvious rule, right? So sometimes we have these rules that like, yeah, I always, I train daily, you know, could be something someone might have for better or worse. Um, you know, I always do a long ride or I, whatever, right. I, I always get my strength training done or, you know, this is something I want to get done. So I think that's where the plan comes in is just sort of having these, these things to try and keep reminding you to do <laughs> these things. And, and so hopefully you're enjoying them. So where do we want to start? That's well, sort of a why. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing for me is always looking back at the, uh, the prior season and granted again, 2020, kind of a weird year to do it. Um, but we, we wrote about this in a post uh, this past week around how to start planning for your 2021 goal now. The first two things we, we really kind of encourage everyone to do is look back and think about what worked and what didn't work. And again, granted, you probably didn't have the race days you normally would. Yeah. But. Yeah. And what was, I was just at something where I was saying, I wish at the beginning of meetings, we could all just sit, like have a shorthand for like, yes, but 2021 and COVID, like, which sounds maybe horrible. Like there's a lot of bad things, but you know what I mean? Like it's for sure. But we learned stuff. We still did stuff. You know, a lot of people did a really good, like I would say even like the first time for a lot of, you know, adult onset cyclists who didn't have never gone away for the winter to train and do 10,000 hours in a year. This was probably the first year for a lot of people that they've actually experienced like a base phase, right? I, I just was talking to an, someone who's coming back for training into the winter and he had, he's broken through. He's actually done some volume, right? And the races weren't there to confuse things, wasn't excessive with intensity. He just gradually increased his training load. He actually did like what you would read in a Joe Friel book, like base one, base two, base three, right? So I think for a lot of us, whether your situation is like that or not, you've probably learned some things that made you fitter or didn't or things that got in your way. Heck, I think there's a lot of people who realize the like, you know, two races on the weekend or one race on the weekend, but then a weekly race during the week and the group ride Monday, Tuesday, you know, once we took that out, I think a lot of people realized, oh, a lot of this was really weighing me down and having less stuff on the calendar was easier. So, I mean, you know, for you, maybe what worked is less racing. Uh, maybe what worked for you is you loved that bike packing trip or that like extra oh, long one, yeah. run that you got to do. 
Um, so yeah, what, what worked this season that you might not have done otherwise, I think is a really good starting point. And it's somewhat tangential, but we should give a shout out to CX Hairs had uh, Adam Meyerson on, who we both like and love even. And he and Bill were, had a great, I, really good conversation. So I'll link to that, but it's CX Hairs with Adam Meyerson. You'll find it. You'll follow all the wide angle podium family of shows. Of course they do. Uh, but I thought Adam actually had some great thoughts about, you know, adding, you know, as we get back to quote unquote normal, as we get back to back on racing, you know, we, we sort of can pick and choose about like how much racing we do or what type of racing we do, what phases, you know, when do we go racing and stuff. And and he, he's t- speaking to this after, you know, 20 or 30 years of event organizing and racing at a very high level, um, but now has a five-year-old and, you know, his business is doing great as far as I understand as well. So it's, you know, it's as we come back into things, right. It's just sort of assessing where does sport fit, you know, and not that you have to stop, but just, we get this opportunity, right? Yeah. So uh, why I, I thought maybe sometimes we talk about these things in theoretical, but it sometimes it's also useful. I mentioned this one athlete that I'm t- working with who had a great sort of base summer, you know, and is at a new level to go into winter training. And I do think you carry that even if you can't keep the base, you know, you, you don't do base forever, right? So he's going to go in and return to the nine to five, you know, on the trainer and strength and everything else. So for you, what did you, were there any, any realities, any learnings, any failures for us? Just for the record, this was not planned. This is me being put on the spot right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've probably said it on here a couple times. Like, I was really surprised that I didn't miss racing as much as I thought I would. Like, sure, I miss it a little bit, but I actually really love the ability to get out on a lot kind of longer, more kind of casual adventures, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that actually really worked for me and just a more consistent, uh, schedule that, you know, with, with ultra trail running and granted, I don't really even race that much, but to take out three 50 K race days, um, meant I also took out like three weeks that were completely off afterwards, plus three weeks of like tapering tremendously for them. So it's kind of like six extra weeks of training. So I, and it turns out I really love that. I dislike taking that much time off right around like if you had a an a race a peak race yeah 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 and you see that um i know i've talked to dan perul our national coach a few times about this idea that like people get injured you know at the beginning of the season and miss a whole race season but then come back so strong right because they've had this like you know 12 months of consistent training right because they got injured but maybe they rode the trainer with like a collarbone and just eased back into it so there was like some some quote-unquote lost time but as you say there's a lot of time to you know travel and and peaking and tapering and recovering and for sure yeah and i mean the travel alone you know anyone that follows us knows that our travel schedules are usually pretty wonky throughout the year it's not just like summer race schedule it's the whole year we're on the road Mm -hmm. Uh, and this time at home has been honestly fantastic um which might just be part of getting older but (laughs) the word adventure has come up you know whether that's an adventure is very personal just as extreme as very personal we were working on a post on risk today and i'm saying it's you know what is a risky ride a risky skill is very relevant right like what i can do on a mountain bike is different than like ryan leach or some backflipping type person you know well and versus a, a beginner right yeah so, there's some people for whom like a rail trail is terrifying yeah and bike. so it's been great to see a lot of my road-based clients i've 
push them <laughs> further and further into the off-road disciplines and, and they're getting out and, and exploring and adventuring right which is how when people are lifelong cyclists like that's almost always something as we went out and we got lost and we went back when i was a kid we used to and so i think a lot of people rediscovered some of that or discovered it for the first time, right? And, and that's where the connection to cycling, I think, comes from, is some of this exploration, and then I think also the competence that comes with with skill. And that's that's my bias, I always say, but, um, you know, learning to bunny hop, learning to skid, learning to descend, learning to ride off-road um, is, is quite, like, from a self-confidence thing, is just, like, I, I believe, at least, is, is huge. So I think some of these, like, when we're reflecting on how the year went, not just on, oh, did I get a personal power best that's not the point right and really you could make an argument that you should be saving those like pull the baby off the car as i like to say uh efforts yes that's how that's how i always say it pull the baby off the car efforts that is not that impressive well we are endurance athletes i guess (laughs) you just lots of babies off yeah 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 um so that's that's sort of reflecting you know sort of going through this like goal setting process that's both looking forwards and backwards right so looking at where do we want to go you know, into that fuzzy future. And then also what have we done in this past little bit that's worked? And also where do we need to shore stuff up? Like you're not going to have all strengths. We're all going to have things that have been neglected. This might be like race intensity. It might be race starts. I'm hitting a lot of clients with some fall race starts here as we run out of time to work on those like outside race starts, right? And and for some clients, it's just you're not doing cyclocross season. So we're working on a bit of cyclocross skills but also things like race starts um just to work on that coordination that sprinting that sort of short-term power Mm -hmm. before we end up inside yeah Uh, so that's that so that's that's why we've gone through we've gone through a little bit of your experience at least we've gone through so maybe some planning do we want to do some periodization now i think so yeah i'll try and be very brief so yeah i mean if we're talking let's maybe say someone has like a june 2021 goal is that maybe like a good i think that's common like may 31st early june is pretty common so how do we back back out of that what do we do i think if my math is right we're in november right now so it'll depend what time in the future or or the future of the past that people are listening to this um but in, in, if we look at this from a traditional periodization, you open up the Joe Friel book, you open up like a two-door bomba thing. There's usually like this general preparation or base period, and then there's the build period, and then there's like a race period. Some some combinations. We might call it general preparation, specific preparation, race phase. Um, or in Joe Friel, it might be like a preparation period. I really like preparation period, um, which is just sort of like a general like end of season, maybe what you've done in the fall where you're not pushing the volume you're maybe cross training a tiny bit introducing strength i know i'd say like that sounds like the kind of thing that you might think you don't need a plan for but i actually find that's where i get in the most trouble is that like kind of freewheeling general fitness because i go one of two ways i go like the lazy way of just like eh, maybe i'll just do like a 10 like minute yeah. yeah 10 minute jog today or nothing or i go absolutely like bonkers where it's like, okay, max deadlift today, despite not deadlifting for two years uh, kind of thing, right? You end up in like a CrossFit class or something somehow. Sure. Like after doing like Aqua Zumba, I don't know. Like you you just kind of can end up all over the map really easily in these general phases, which is why I always feel like a plan for this is really helpful. Well, yeah, yeah. So for in that general, sort in the like a standard periodization or like linear periodization, um, base the sort of like base build concept um 
you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily have to spend a ton of time in, in what I call preparation, but that's sort of just, you know, you take a week off and then you do like really light training and gradually build back up and again, introduce strength. So for sure you could get a plan for that. Um, and then how long you spend there really depends on your life and when that goal is right. Like if you're going to just, you don't, you know, you're low motivation or you're really busy September, October trying to teach your kids at home and everything else. Maybe you do two months. Like I did sort of a maintenance. I wanted to try it out of a maintenance plan in the training peak store that I wanted to just like really test myself. Um, and so it has a, like two intensity workouts. I think it, that one might be based on Tabata stuff. So like really short, uh, so I just played with that and introduced strength and got two months basically of not a lot of, I didn't push it. Didn't like, I, I never did anything I didn't really want to. And you say that's a dangerous thing if someone's more on the sit on the couch side. Um, so the preparation phase may be more structured for those people. And then maybe more structured as a like limit on hours is sometimes how you'll see coaches do it for like the motivated uh, endurance athlete, right? Um, and sometimes they do need to be held back and sometimes it's you're better to just lock up the bike for two weeks and then carry get into a base phase and start Which building it's going to be more relevant this year because uh, i mean typically like you know your your christmas vacations your like holiday breaks kind of take care of the locking the bike away but i think this year you know traditional like typically we end up going on a vacation around you know november december because it's when it, it works out for our schedules and it's a great time for Peter to not have a bike around uh, this year. That's not going to be the case. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to like put a, like you lock on his trainer or something. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. Uh, steal the band off of your rollers. Oh, why? Just to keep you from being on the bike for a couple weeks. Cause normally we're like gone somewhere where you don't have oh, bike access. I feel like I took a few of these weeks here recently. I didn't ride there for a chunk of time. I feel like you lie when you say that, but yeah, carry so, on. So anyhow, that's periodization. I think people can get like, uh, again, a Joe Friel book or something like that. Um, the triathlon book is actually a great read if you're someone who's pretty experienced with cycling. Like I think it'll expose you to some new ideas. And it has this other idea for periodization, which is more of a block periodization. And I sort of like block periodization and, and the idea of sort of little chunks of focus. So it might be you know, in the, the drill field triathlon training Bible, he talks a bit about like swimming, like you could do like a swim focus block and then a run focus block and then a bike focus block. And not that you wouldn't do the other two sports, but, but when we were training for triathlon, I really liked that. Cause it was sort of like when we were near a pool, I just did a between one and four weeks of like, we're right by a pool. Like I'm going to swim like every day if I can. And then if it's not available, if we were in like Belgium or something and like the, it was crummy weather for a while, like it was just, okay, this is a run focus block. And so that was a little weather dependent, um, but also location dependent, but also you could go by limiters, right? So it's like, what, what can you work on and what do you need to work on? So sometimes you'll see people, you know, different programs will go through and do like an intensity block for, you know, whatever, four to three, say even three to 10, three to 14 days. And then you'll go back into like traditional volume, you know, what you might call a base phase for, again, it could be anywhere from seven to, you know, uh, one week up to six weeks even, right? And then another intensity block, right? And you see that a little bit in cross-country skiing, you see that in a variety of sports. So the idea of block periodization is another way that I think you probably see on the trainer working better if people are indoors a lot, where you could like do a chunk of intensity and then back off um, and do volume when you have time off or long weekends or vacation or whatever. So that's the idea with block periodization. 
Um, and, and you had sort of this idea of planning it out. So I think all that to say, you know, someone could get a, we're fond of that paper and pen calendar, you know, the one that the real estate agent or the insurance broker is going to send you, or at least used to send you. Peter loves the freebie calendars. I'm a stationary addict. So I'll be like, we need to get this really uh, fancy so you calendar. Go to like the local Hallmark, Hallmark uh, store in the mall or something, or where do you get these Hallmark calendars? I mean, I like, I'll, I'll stay in Staples for like hours. I'll go to Target and just like live in their stationary aisle okay so whichever you like you're going to get a calendar this could certainly be online but i think if you've never done it in paper and pen it is worth like going to whatever your date is you know the dk 200 you're hoping is going to happen in late may early june of 2021 you're going to circle that and then you're going to count back months right so you know that like those last three weeks are going to be sort of what we might call it a taper or some recovery or just be sort of careful with what you're doing in those last three weeks don't screw it up uh, and then we can go sort of like maybe a build two, then a build one, then a base three, then a base two, then a base one, and then maybe preparation. And what you'll probably see is that, you know, hopefully you're about November with that sort of six to seven months. Uh, but you might have to do a little bit of wiggling around, right? You might need to, if you're someone who really needs a lot of base, you know, you might move the base around. Again, you might know that you're doing a, you know, a vacation maybe in the spring, a warm weather thing where you're going to have to do a bit of a volume block. And that's where this, you know, you can do it in the perfect, like, you know, textbook style, Joe Friel, you know, four weeks blocks, but sometimes you got to just adjust that for life. Uh, and then before we put in anything else, I, I would definitely go through in like any family events, Christmas day, you know, New Year's day, all these different things that are going to be a little bit disruptive, just put those as sort of off days or even off weeks so that those aren't disruptions. You're going to double check that there's no family or work events in the, you know, one to two months ahead of that key event as well, or else we may need to reassess. And there's a whole post on that called, can you prepare for the goal that you've set, which we'll also link to. Yes. And also my personal favorite post of you don't have as much time as you think you do. Right. Uh, which I do the math on like, uh, actually I did the math back in like September where it was getting ready for a DK 200 at the end of May. And it was actually like quite, frightening when you realized how few outdoor riding days especially like living in a climate like we have in Ontario you would have before that even back in September yeah which is a great point it, it's a it's negative and I'm always like Molly I think we're being too negative but it's not negative I think it's it's just helping with explaining why we need to plan and I mentioned sort of with clients I'm like okay we need to throw like some starts and a bit of cyclocross work and a you know before we get sent inside and there's no traction outside and we can't ride our mountain bike or can't ride our cross bike or whatever because we can't work on starts very well inside you can't stand up joe friel said it it's not me i've been saying it but joe friel said it now so we're good um, it's just not the same right it's just not a standing start so that's a very specific example of like right now we're thinking of like a block of like we're trying we're working on a bit of speed and just maintaining endurance say and a bit of cyclocross skills so this is like a block that we're putting in into our calendar our paper and pen calendar because molly says we don't have as much time as we think so right now we're working on some starts. Maybe we're getting the last of those gravel rides in. I know a few clients just this past weekend got in a couple big ones with the weather that's there. You know, the gravel is just not going to be available in a lot of places. It's going to be covered in snow, right? Not that you can't ride your gravel bike. It's just not going to be quite the same, right? It's going to be harder to do a bigger ride. So I, I think that's the idea of like planning it out now so that you understand and have purpose for like, why am I squeezing in these couple rides? Why the weather's crummy but it's not as crummy as it might get, right? Um, or, you know, getting up on Boxing Day, day after Christmas, and getting in that, you know, 40-minute run instead of 
uh, you know, sitting around and having the eighth cup of coffee or eighth donut in my case. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I wanted to leave everyone with some ideas. So we have, we've suggested, okay, plan it out. Number one, this could be in training peaks. This could be paper and pen. We've talked about a couple like different, what are some periodization ideas? We've given you some links, different books, a couple, a couple articles. Uh, we've suggested you look back at last year, not negatively, but just what are some things you need to work on? What were some barriers? What were some goals? And I think to, to finish, I think, you know, thinking about ideas of, of things you might program into that calendar, you know, things like strength training, I'm pushing right now on a lot of clients, a bit more than I, I have in the past. Again, just for variety, but also I think because we're not completely sure what 2021 is like, why not get better at strength training? Why not get that first pull up? that you know work on any of those you know cyclist shoulders or runners you know back pain knee pain you know why can't we make progress on that and and just take two or three months even two or three months where you know maybe that that cardio that endurance sport is actually really backseat maybe doesn't even happen some weeks because we're focusing so much on strength right um, and just see, like, this is an experiment. Like, do you even get any slower if you don't do it for a couple weeks or months? Right, right. Um, so I think that's an idea, strength focus. We talked about skill or different sport focuses. The Joe Friel idea of sort of like rotating through swim, bike, run a bit. We had what question there a couple weeks ago about the switching just to running for, for off season or a period thereof. Um, and then I think the other challenge I always throw out this time of year is, you know, as you're getting back into base, I challenge people to not think about huge rides, but think almost in like a Maffetone method of like, what happens if you only do rides that are like 70% max heart rate, you know, you pick whatever endurance is and you do that, whatever rides you have for the week, especially once you're indoors, it's a little boring, but just see again, as an experiment, this is all I did for three weeks, recovered, tested again. How do things change? Right. And I'm always like, if you do this, like it's just interesting what, what changes, right? Sort of like when there's no races, like what changes? Right. So think about it a little more playfully, a little bit more of it as an experiment. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap up there. But if anyone has any specific questions, you can always book a call with Peter over at consummateathlete.com and sort of talk through your schedule a little bit. Uh, We have a ton more on this topic in our upcoming book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete. You can find out info about that over at consummateathlete.com. And that's launching on November 15th. So stay tuned. Make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. Cool. All right. Have a great, adventurous, healthy weekend, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us bring on, you know, great new guests. And yeah, we'd also love to hear from you. You can find us on the interwebs um, at consummateathlete.com, at consummateathlete on Instagram. Uh, And I am at Molly J. Herford on Instagram and Twitter. And Peter is at Peter Glassford. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week.